Blog Talk Radio. Of the Dr. Karen Can Radio Show. The intention of this show is to empower and inspire you to manifest the life of your dreams, whether it's radiant health, prosperity, loving relationships, or simply peace of mind. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one bestseller, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach. And remember, if you're not part of my tribe and would like to be, you get a lot of free gifts, including my clearing and protection spray formula, and also a download of the first six chapters of my bestseller, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, along with five, six, seven, I think it's seven now, <laughs> uh, classes on wellness and healing, absolutely free as my gift to you. So, And we're very active on Facebook, so check out the Facebook page as well, and hopefully you'll like like me on Facebook. And um, today we're actually going to be talking about the appendix. And you're like, what? <laughs> What's that about? Well, you know, the appendix seems to be a very disposable organ. Um, but, you know, we aren't made the way we're made for absolutely no reason. So I have with me today in the Ask the Doctors Lifeway radio show my colleague, Dr. Dennis Lobstein, who is going to share with us at least the Chinese medicine perspective of the importance of the appendix and don't worry if you have your appendix cut out it's not the end of the world <laughs> yeah there is still an energetic appendix there so um, the other thing we're going to cover today is I'm going to pick Dr. Dennis's brain about the fascia now the fascia is sort of like it's sort of like saran wrap um, that's around every single organ gland bone you know, in your entire body, kind of holds our body in the shape that it is in, for lack of a, you know, simpler description. And um, the fascia, I would argue, is the biggest organ of the human body, not the skin. And uh, my, uh, you know, questioning with Source recently about my own um, uh, amount of water that I'm gaining um, is related to water or fluid that travels between the fascial layers, which is very interesting. So I'm learning more about, you know, what that easy water, exclusion zone water, as Gerald Pollack uh, calls it, um, is about and how that helps us with ascension, uh, dimensional communication, things like that. So I'm kind of just, you know, looking at the tip of the iceberg. Uh, but I did find the other day um, that there may be one point in each of our bodies, sometimes it's an acupuncture point, sometimes it's next to an acupuncture point, that uh, w- when you stimulate that point and do your um, you know, intentions, that that is how you access the zero point. And Dr. Dennis has explained in other shows about how you can create these triangles and rotating uh, vortices and pyramids um, using the life wave patches to amplify that connection, your ability to make your intention in zero point. And so I was asking the question about can is there a point, one point in our entire bodies that can release all the fascia? And I was getting a yes, and it was a different point for each person. So it's been really fun trying to figure out you know, what that point is and experimenting with it, putting uh, patches on it. Most of the time, the um, the body's calling for eon patches uh, on that particular point that I muscle test. 
uh, and only time will tell, of course, of whether we're successful in that. So I can't wait to um, pick Dr. Dennis's brain. And Dr. Dennis, as many of you know, are with us every single first Monday of each month, uh, sharing his wisdom and knowledge about exercise physiology, Chinese medicine, uh, Asian you know, uh, healing traditions. Um, so as per usual, I am going to be taking notes for you. Now, the Internet is pretty slow. I mean, people have alerted to me, uh, including I'm on a mailing list for space weather, that there's a lot of geomagnetic storms going on. So we're having a little difficulty with our Internet today, so just bear with me if I can't get those notes up uh, right away. We will as soon as we can. So welcome to the show, Dr. Dennis. Hello, hello. Oh, hi, Dr. Karen, and hi, everybody. I'm really delighted to be here with you all today. And uh, speaking of the weather, uh, yesterday I noticed a lot of ripple effects in the clouds, so there's uh, mm. some harp radiation affecting our resonance and uh, the frequencies around our cells. So um, that's a good place to start. <laughs> uh, so what... What I I thought we'd talk about today is uh, I was going to integrate the appendix into the uh, into your request for talking about releasing fascial restriction. So I thought it would be a good idea to look at uh, what the fascia is, and as you described it, um, saran wrap, and that reminded me of a joke, which I'll probably hold off on for right now. But um, okay. <clears throat> But next, next I want to um, then deal with the causes of restriction in the fascia. So then we'll look at how we can use uh, traditional Chinese medicine ideas to release the fascial restriction. And that includes a look at the appendix and how uh, what's just come out recently in the literature or what I've just noticed recently is that the appendix is a processor of lymph, nervous system, and endocrine system. And so that fits nicely or dovetails nicely into releasing um, fascial restriction. So, um, now, where were you looking this stuff up? I forget where I saw it, but I scan a lot of literature. And uh, last few days, I attempted to access it from PubMed, and I... I couldn't find it again, but I remember seeing it. And it, oh, it's mostly when I was looking at Chinese-related Western physiology. Uh, but um, that gave me the idea to connect it with a fascia. Ah, okay. <clears throat> All right. So um, have you ever been rolfed? Um, by a physical therapist. And, um, I mean, I love that stuff. <laughs> She's like, wow, you yeah. take a lot of pressure. She says, my my football players and other, uh, you know, athletes can't take this kind of pressure. She's like, wow, and you're like this little person, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's really funny. Well, it's, it feels pretty harsh because rolfers dig deeply. Yeah. And some forms of tuina, which is Chinese massage, digs like rolfers do. And in fact, if you get a, a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner who really knows Twina well, they're going to dig really deep into the fascia uh, and do things similar to what Ida Rolf developed. 
And fascinating. <clears throat> that, the doc, Dr. Rolf, the PhD doctorate, uh, said once that lines in the body are not mystical. There were forces balance. So that's yeah. the kind of perspective I'm looking at the fascia by, is how we have lines of force going through the fascia and energy. And in fact, the fascia is a seamless web of connective tissue. And as you alluded to earlier, it covers muscles and skeleton and organs, and it actually contains the meridians. I I remember when I was um, studying sports medicine at Northwestern Medical School, one of our classes was cadaver dissection. And I I think I I talked about abracadaver at one time, called them abracadaver because the the cadaver's in this old-style cabinet, and when you want to get the cadaver out of the cabinet, it's on these weights, and, and you lift the doors off both sides of the cabinet, so you have a tray to put your instruments on. At the same time, the cadaver lifts up, and it lifts up as if by magic. So because of the magic lift, we call it Auber Cadaver. But anyway, um, long story short there, but um, what I did when I was playing with a cadaver, since I already was familiar a bit with acupuncture and and meridians and so on, Or, or from martial art, was to look for the meridians in the fascia, but I couldn't see them with my bare eyes, and that's why Western anatomists have missed the acupuncture meridians being located in the fascia when they're looking at the connective tissue and the fascia for them. But um, that's old news in the last 10 years, we recognize now that the meridians are, are tubules made of a carbohydrate called hyaluronic acid. And <clears throat> that makes the liquid crystal water in the acupuncture meridians circulate more efficiently to move information of light frequencies around the body. And that's where the mechanism by which the LifeWave patches comes in because the phototherapy from the patches re-resonates or introduces the frequency from the patch crystals into the meridians, as you know, Dr. Karen. And and I'm sure a lot of people listening have heard this too, but I'm just connecting with the fascia here. The uh, liquid crystal water is a crystal in a liquid state, so crystals hold energetic information like frequencies of light. So that means the liquid crystal water and the meridians can deliver the frequencies from the patches and distribute them around the body very efficiently. So when those channels or the meridians are compromised, it's usually because the fascia has been compromised. And there are blockages or restrictions or obstructions to the flow of chi and the liquid crystal medium inside the meridians. And mm-hmm. by the way, as, as you probably know, Dr. Kern, bacteria have this uh, enzyme called hyaluronidase, 
that actually breaks down the hyaluronic acid, making up the walls of these meridians. So when you have an infection, which is toxic heat in Chinese medicine, the actual structure that holds the liquid crystal water in the meridians that's supported by the fascia deteriorates. And a really dramatic case of this is the um, in the case of MRSA and flesh-eating bacteria that are really, really difficult to treat with antibiotics. The, the, they, they actually have evolved or mutated to eat antibiotics for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and that's where Chinese medicine is useful because we have this uh, herb called Aie or mugwort or artemisia, and it enters all 12 meridians or all the channels including the extraordinary vessels. And what it actually does is inhibit this enzyme, hyaluronidase, so the bacteria cannot break down the acupuncture meridian walls anymore. <clears throat> so that, that, that means that moxa, the mugwort, when you burn it and you wave it around the acupuncture meridians or you... You set it up on a needle or even on top of a patch or even under a patch without burning it. The energy yeah. of it can go into the meridians and, <clears throat> and help the meridians repair, which in essence is helping the fascia repair from the damage. Oh, that's fascinating. Okay, so, so, so Dr. Dennis, I recently... Um, uh, you know, did this interview with Gerald Pollock about the fourth phase of water, this fourth phase of water, when water is next to yeah. hydrophilic uh, substances, it forms a gel. So, um, and it can go for a very, very long distance, this, this gelling. So, actually, it seems to me that we actually do not need those tubules for this, easy water to actually work and flow in the fascia because it's just the fluid. Like there's no actual, you know, um, because the, 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 the fascial walls would be hydrophilic, right? I would think that, that they it would be able to create this easy water and it would flow in the fascia as opposed to needing to have a tube to, to for them to go through. Yeah, well, so then why are the tubes there? I mean, the body doesn't do stuff for superfluous right. reasons. There's a structure for a reason. Well, uh, maybe but you're people right. People that uh, don't, that cannot make easy water, need those tubes. Uh, I'm just theorizing. Yeah, like if we're dehydrated. Well, so, or, or um, they don't, or their bodies are not as as crystalline as as a more evolved body, for example. Yeah, that could be. Uh, but the fa you're right, the fascia is very absorbent, and that's where qigong comes in. When we stretch and move around, it's like pulling on a sponge and twisting a sponge. So the fascia, like a sponge, can pick up water and become hydrated when it's relaxed. And then when we stretch, 
we can squeeze it and squeeze the water out of it and that gets toxins out and washed away and moving into the interstitial space and into the lymph so the lymph and the blood can collect the toxins in the waste but uh, the blood can also deliver nutrients better so that it's not static and then uh, mm. when we um, when we relax again uh, it's like uh, letting go of the tension on the sponge and and the fascia will absorb more uh, liquid or water or lymph and blood yeah and that's it's so, really interesting um that that uh you know the the lymph and uh the fascia it's not really respected that much in western medicine uh as much as it is in other you know in other specialties right yeah naturopathic medicine and, and systems of medicine that follow natural law understand better how the lymph works because they teach it and emphasize it more in their schools uh, for delivering nutrients and clearing waste away. And that's a really important mechanism for staying healthy. Amazing. But of course, when their emphasis is drugs and surgery, they don't really care about keeping people healthy. They want to make money off, um, off disease. And so they, they don't train their doctors in how to prevent the disease or how to clear the toxins away and hydrate people, which is a really easy way of keeping healthy and preventing the disease in the first place. Mm-hmm. So that's something so simple. Yeah, right. Keep it simple. I always tell my students that allopathic medical schools ought to have a sign over their blackboard in their classrooms that say it's the frequency, stupid. <laughs> I like that. Because how to yeah, heal is to get the right... <laughs> What's that? Yeah. No, I was going to say, it, it doesn't spell out as an acronym as well as the K-I-S-S, right? You're going to have to... Right, keep it simple, be, stupid. Keep it, right. you know, yeah. <laughs> but it's more, it's more specific because... We're talking about delivering frequencies in this liquid crystal water very efficiently through the fascia, including the meridians, to the, the cells. Mm-hmm. So frequencies are really important, and that's where, where patches come in. So that, and, and as we've talked about before, that everybody listening probably realizes that we introduce new frequencies with the patches and that increases the biocoherence of the whole body. And that information is very efficiently spread through the meridians we've been talking about in the fascia. Yep. So there are points of convergence in the fascia and that creates lines of connection, like connecting points, junction points. And the changes in the fascia that we alluded to can create blockages. <clears throat> and the, the composition of toxins and inflammation and accumulation of waste 
can inhibit the flow of chi in blood and lymph and um, and increase these blockages. So a blockage is another way of saying there's a decrease in signal transfer or information that's circulating. So we even know in Western physiology, I used to teach medical physiology and exercise physiology, we know from that realm of laboratory research that for every 1% increase in hydration, there's a 10% increase in metabolic efficiency. Wow. So the metabolic efficiency you get from hydrating the fascia and from clearing the blockages by using the, the methodologies we're talking about today is exponential in its effect. Mm. Well, Dr. Dennis, it's probably no mystery to you why so many of the things that we consider now toxins, uh, including, you know, uh, vegetable oils, which is basically industrial runoff except for maybe olive oil, um, they huh. gum up the the cells and make water very difficult to permeate them because it's like this, the cells get armored against being hydrated with all this gunk on it. That's right. And part of that gunk is made when vegetable oils are partially uh, hydrogenated to make them more solid or hard to simulate butter into margarine. And you develop uh, trans fats that way. And trans fats are bad news for our cells because when trans fats get into the structure of our cells, it diminishes their efficacy or their ability to function properly, just as you were talking about. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so with, um, with rolfing, with tweena, with stretching, uh, we get morphological changes in the fascia, even at the cellular level because there are actually cells in the fascia that actually lay down collagen and elastin and, and elastic parts of the collagen. And uh, Western medicine has a tendency to want to kill those cells off because they use cortisol, prednisone injections, um, steroids to lower inflammation and relieve pain. And while they do that, acutely and temporarily, the long-term effect is to inhibit white blood cell activity and immune system integrity, and that kills off the live cells in the connective tissue. So that makes the connective tissue more weak or weaker Ooh. when you kill those cells off. Why does, why does cortisone so, injection kill the cells off? The, the cells in the connective tissue. It's overwhelming to them. And I don't oh, recall okay. the exact mechanism at the moment, but uh, it's a steroid, and that means it's hydrophobic or lipophilic and can readily pass through cell membranes and mess with the cellular machinery. Hmm. Wow. So you're saying that the cells that build and repair the fascia uh, get killed off, and then we can't repair as well. That's right. And when you're healing, you 
in, in Chinese medicine, healing is very vigorous. They don't, like if you break a bone, they don't put you in a cast and let you sit with your tissues atrophying for weeks and months. They actually actively break the bone every few days or every few weeks, depending on what's indicated. So that the, and, and then reset it after they break it again out of the cast and they keep stimulating it to grow and become stronger by continually breaking it. The trabecula, which is the, the matrix of support inside the bone becomes stronger and more dense. And so the bone is less susceptible to fracture. That's the opposite the opposite atrophy of what happens to astronauts in space when there's no gravity stimulating the bone to be dense, it gets atrophied and really weak and fragile and, and can fracture easily. And uh, that's why astronauts have to debrief after being in space and uh, in a zero grav environment. <clears throat> So, yeah, I just um, saw a film about um, a child that was born on Mars and wanted to come to Earth to see his girlfriend, and uh, he almost died because of the amount of gravity here because he, he, was, he was, you know, born in Mars. <laughs> he wasn't used to the gravity. Right. Yeah, like if you remember that Disney movie, uh, Carter and Mars, or Carter of Mars or no, something I don't know like that. that. Well, that's a really cool movie. This, this guy from Virginia in the 1800s uh, actually stumbled across a portal to transport him to Mars real easily. And uh, he discovered when he was on Mars, his jumps were three times the force. And he could jump really high, like, like the early Superman comic books before he could fly. Uh, because the gravity wasn't such of a challenge to him. Uh, When he jumped, he could go a long distance, and he's very powerful with his movements. (laughs) So that's because Mars... Yeah, I've got to watch that. Yeah, it's a really cool movie. I love it. John, I think his name's John Carter, but the movie's called... John Carter, I just looked it up. John Carter, okay. John Carter in Mars or of Mars or something like that. You'll love it. It's a really, really cool movie. Oh, that's great. Well, I, I just heard from David Wilcock that there are portals to Mars at the Secret Space Program, and they have it. So, you know, all this, you know, getting a ship and going there, you don't need to do that. Any of that, you just step through this elevator, and then boom, you're on Mars. Yeah, yeah. They don't just go to Mars. They go to a lot of other places, too. So we're yeah, not making yeah. this stuff up. There's evidence for it that we're seeing. <laughs> it's fascinating. <clears throat> Wow. Yeah. So uh, you probably heard of James Oshman, who wrote the energy medicine book. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he talks in there about the fascias being a fabric of meridians and that are semiconductors that yeah. create a communication network that convey bioelectric signals throughout the body. So that's just a summary of what I was saying a few minutes ago. <clears throat> okay, yeah. so it's, is it the body the, electric or now I'm trying to think of the name of this book now? No, just Energy Medicine. Energy the book's medicine. called Energy Medicine by James gotcha. Oshman. Probably okay. written like um, maybe 20 years ago at this point. 
I've had the book on myself yes. for a long, long time from when it first came out. I think it was in the eighties, if I'm not mistaken. So what's this got to do with the appendix? <clears throat> oh well, uh let me hit on restriction causes first. I, I touched on that oh, okay. a little bit. But uh then I'm gonna lead right into uh TCM points, including the appendix orifice and how we can use that to help us uh, relieve these restrictions and <clears throat> free up the fascia, lower inflammation and, and clear toxic heat, which is infection out much more efficiently. Okay, so um, <clears throat> restrictions usually caused by trauma. And like I said, uh, inflammation and um And this um, this occurs anywhere that there's fascia. Uh, we get inflammation, poor posture, trauma. Even as I said at the top of the the show, uh, chemtrails that that have encapsulated nanoparticles. They're encapsulated by aluminum, and these nanoparticles contain uh, a synthetic form of RNA that normally would be difficult to get inside our cells, but with harp resonance that is bouncing off the sky and bathing us with frequencies, it subtly changes the permeability of our, our cells' fascia and that are around the cells and the, the cell walls and the tissue and, and even the nucleus that contains DNA. So the synthetic RNA can easily get in there and rewrite our DNA code. And that's one of the things that they're trying to do with the chemtrails. Hmm. So that's, that's a big reason why a lot of people are getting sick these days more and more, not just because of the toxins that Suzanne Summers talking about in her books, <clears throat> but it's because of this harp resonance and the, the uh, synthetic RNA and the nanoparticles in the chemtrails that they're bathing us with almost on a daily basis. And uh, I, <clears throat> I really wish we could turn that around somehow and stop doing that well, to ourselves. You know, yeah, I mean, uh, we can't necessarily wait, uh, obviously, until that happens. And I know there are people that are on the, you know, that are they're working on the outside world to help with that. But, uh, you know, you and I, our job really is to work on the inside world. And um, because right. it relies on frequencies, um, it's something that um, it's amazing how how well our bodies can change frequencies, neutralize them, um, negate them. And a lot has to do with not just, you know, understanding the whole frequency thing, but really our, you know, emotions, our, our thoughts, you know, those are all frequencies as well. So That's we right. can remain sovereign, but we have to up our game uh, and evolve. That's right. And it's like a full-time endeavor to stay healthy with the kind of environment that we're in <clears throat> to keep your internal milieu healthy, including our psyche, 
our connection with spirit. Mm. Yes. And the way we resonate with morphic fields of frequencies around us and what we connect with. Because what we connect with and the morphic fields that we resonate with is the kind of frequencies that we introduce or bring into our bodies that can make or break us. Mm-hmm. For example, if, if you resonate with a morphic field of, of disease or cancer, then you're going to pull that into your shen and into your chi balance of yin and yang and into your jing or your, your physical essence. And it'll show up in the physical after it occurred on the spiritual level first. But if you uh, resonate with health, love, joy, well-being, service, gratitude, then you're going to be vibrating at a higher frequency and your whole body's going to be more protected from all this uh, disharmonious stuff around. In fact, in Chinese medicine, frequencies that are disharmonious with the body's own energy or chi uh, is called evil chi or si chi. So um, our our external shields, like um, in the Starship Enterprise when Kirk orders Scotty to raise the shields, uh, Mm -hmm. our shields protect us from evil frequencies or disharmonious frequencies from coming in. When we're when we're weak or our health deteriorates and we get more in the uh, disease direction, our Wei Qi field breaks down and it's regulated by Lung Qi. So the Lung Qi has to be healthy first and the Lung Qi actually receives Yang Qi from sky and it's connected with the large intestines Qi, which is the uh, the the uh, yang phase of the metal element, and it lets go. It's involved with movement of letting go. And in order to receive frequencies from sky, we have to be able to let go of old frequencies that are wasteful, that are toxic, and let go of them. And that's not just on a physical level. When I describe that relative to Chinese medicine, we're talking energetically and metaphysically about how that happens both on a physical letting go, an energetic letting go, and a spiritual letting go level. And that's where yeah. I mostly work on, on a metaphysical and a spiritual level. And I think you've evolved into doing that as well from what I've heard you talk about. Yeah, I think it's it's so fascinating, um, you know, just, <laughs> Uh, learning all this stuff about, re- you know, receiving and letting go and, uh, you know, like you just said, um, making space, you know, <laughs> and actually uh, make space for the new. And in the old days, um, I, I mean, I'm certainly very, very respectful of, you know, the the old ancient ways and shamanism and the, uh, you know, spiritual healings and um, herbal healings and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and at the same time, understand that we have a lot of stuff in the modern world right now that that they never had to deal with, you know, hundreds or right. thousands of years ago. So True. I think that our knowledge can evolve, 
you know, from that. It's like, like I said, I honor all those traditions, but I don't think just those are sometimes enough when you don't, when they're not evolved to the modern. Because we're dealing with modern threats. Right. Yeah. Also, in ancient times, we had access to portals and other dimensions and, and other worlds. And we brought a lot of that information into the old shamanic medicine. But because of our modern day filters and how we evolve through time, we've kind of ignored what's right in front of us. And that information is probably sitting right out there in front of us. And we're not recognizing what it is or its significance or importance. And that includes the appendix, because if you ask almost any surgeon who's trained allopathically, they think the appendix, just like its name, is something vestigial or extra that we don't need and can be easily cut out and not necessary for health. And I don't think that's the case. It seems to me that the appendix is a center for processing lymph and neuroendocrine function. And um, before I get into that, let me just back up a little bit. Uh, I w- wanted to point out that these, these blockages, according to the Wang Di Neijing, the Yellow Emperor's Classic of Internal Medicine, as we've discussed before, and as a lot of people listening know, blockages to the flow in, of chi and blood can cause pain. If you, clear the block, if you clear the blockages, you get rid of the pain. And this can limit range of motion and cause restriction blockages of the fascia. And the fascia can thicken and solidify and shorten. And these restrictions or blockages can block up to 2,000 pounds per square inch of pressure coming at them. And so sometimes they're difficult to break. So it's good to prevent yeah, them. Yeah, where, where, where is that from, by the way? What, what, how do we know that the fascia can have 2,000 pounds of square inch of pressure? From physiological measurements in, the, in a lab model. You know, you you put uh, elect uh, put electrodes on the tissue, and you apply pressure to tissue that has simulated blockages or is um, dissected or even a live sample, like a live animal on the table that has blockages, and okay. you put uh, bioelectrodes into the fascia, and then you shove fluid through the fascia, and it takes up to like 2,000 pounds per square inch before the blockage breaks. Wow. Fascinating. So fascinating. Yeah. I actually took um, bioelectrical engineering courses when I went to school at Purdue when I was working on my doctorate. Um, of course with, you did. Uh, doc- <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, Dr. Dennis, you're such a brain. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Love you too, Dr. Karen, especially the 
the the enlightened perspective you have on on uh, all this stuff we're talking about. It's just delightful talking to you. Okay, so the, the um, these blockages can occur anywhere in the fascia. Uh, and like you mentioned, the fascia is around the muscle, around the vessels, around the gastrointestinal tract, around the nervous system. Bone. And so... I'm sorry, did you say something? Oh, yeah, the bone, the bones. Right, right, the bone. Yeah, definitely the bone. Yes, and the bone. And uh, the issues involved can be digestion problems, elimination problems, uh, TMJ, like of the jaw, temporal mandibular joint problems, migraine headaches, fertility, back and neck problems. And uh, if you get heart problems, yes, yeah, heart problems. In fact, uh, in Chinese medicine, we talk about how phlegm can obstruct heart orifice, and that's what we're talking about. Is is phlegm? One form of phlegm is atherosclerotic gruel, and uh, that can obstruct uh, heart or quote-unquote orifice in Chinese medicine, but in Western medicine, that would be the uh, blood flow to the heart. And the the blood wow. is a lot more than just what we think of as the blood as an organ. It, wherever blood goes, qi follows and lymph follows, and we're delivering nutrients and clearing away waste. So when there are blockages, we can't do that, and the tissue starts getting sick and dies. So um, if we don't resolve the blockage and dissipate it, we get this fascial drag that gets tightened over time, and that develops things like adhesions, and it just builds up an exponential blockage. Mm -hmm. Now, there are influential points that work all these systems. For example... If we're looking at the sinews and the muscles and we want to clear blockages there, we can use gallbladder 34, which is the the um, um, influential point or the meeting point for um, sinews. Now, if we're talking about clearing blockages in vessels, then we use lung 9. That's the influential point for the um, the vessels. And um, for the GI tract, it's uh, CV12. For the bones, it's bladder 11. And for the marrow, which includes the kidney uh, energy effect, and that encompasses the nervous system, including the brain and the spinal cord and the peripheral nerves, for any kind of neural blockage, we could use gallbladder 39 because that's the influential point for marrow. Interesting. Yeah. So um, there are also points called C-cleft points 
And they're used for acute pain in traditional Chinese medicine, for pain in the channels where qi and blood accumulate. So if we have a fascial blockage that's around the area of a channel, we can use a C-cleft points to help clear it. And we can use a C-cleft point in conjunction or in addition to an influential point, depending on what kind of tissue it is, to clear that particular blockage. Uh, for example, if um, say there's a um, a spasm or a blockage of the elbow and the arm, we could use lung six, and that's a C cleft point for the lung channel. And the influential point we could use for that is bladder seventeen. And that's the influential point for blood, but it also uh, works the diaphragm and helps the lungs. So that's just one example of many. There are, there's one C-cleft point for every channel. And um, to save time, I'm not going to go through all of them, but they work areas like, uh, like the knee, and the motor function of the legs, and that's like stomach 34. And uh, the abdomens work by spleen 8. Spleen 8 is an important point, too, because it can also help with menstrual irregularities and, and acute pancreas problems. So all these things are related. They're interrelated energetically with the fascia. <clears throat> oh, so, yeah, Dr. Dennis. And, uh, yes, go ahead. So, so um, you know, I, I, I've been doing uh, block therapy, uh, and that is basically uh, lying on a wooden block uh, made of cedar, a certain specific, um, you know, size to release the fascia. And when I had my assessment with her, I said to her, you know, I'm doing a lot of core work, and she says, well, normally that changes your shape. Uh, for most people, but it didn't for myself, or at least not, you know, significantly after 40 days. So she looked at my pictures and everything, and she said, oh, my gosh, I can see that the fascia is totally migrated um, around your calves, so your calves and your ankles. And uh, I was, you know, when I whenever I go for oh. Betty cupping next door at the massage therapist, when she yeah. cups my ankles and calves, it is excruciatingly painful. So the tissue there is is stuck down, um, and and so she was saying I need to start doing block therapy down there because fascia is connected to everything. So if I'm not getting changes higher up, you know what's happening in the feet and the calves are basically recreating this distortion of fascia higher up. So I'd love to know in your mind, like what are good points for me <laughs> to use to release the fascia? Cause I'm using like spleen, I'm, I'm using spleen six, I'm using liver three, I'm, you know, whatever, uh, you know, points I'm uh, k- kidney six, like anything down there, you know, but would love to know if, yeah, like, which like ones bladder, I should be using. Bladder 63 is a C-cleft point. So that works mm. with tendons. And and the okay. the back of the leg and also the the lateral ankle. Um, cool. Yeah, 
So bladder 63 is a good one. That's C clef. Mm, let's see. Uh, uh, gallbladder 36 is also a C cleft point, and that's on the lateral ankle. And and not only does that work the leg, but it also gets the ribs and the thigh and the chest and the neck. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Oh, and, and by the and way, so, folks that are that are calling in, I just want to remind folks, uh, not reminding because I didn't actually, um, <laughs> um, I didn't actually say it. But uh, if you want to call in and ask Dr. Dennis if there's specific, you know, issues that you have and you're interested to know, you know, which patches would work or what acupuncture points might be helpful for your particular blockage or issue, you can call in at 818-514-1190. Just hit 1 so we know you have your hand up to ask that question. Again, it's 818-514-1190. Or if you have any other questions about Lifeway patches, whether it's for you, you know, that kind of thing, you can also put your hand up as well. And I've just opened the chat so you can go ahead and put your questions in the chat as well. Okay, now we're getting a little internet issues here with the chat, but hopefully we'll get it back in a few seconds. Okay, sorry about that, Dr. Dennis. Go ahead. Cool. No worries. So uh, another thing you can do is circumduct the ankle, like rotate it, and that works all the yin points on the inside of the ankle and the, the yang points on the outside of the ankle that are around the ankle. And and you can while you're circumducting, you can also uh, reach down there with your fingers and stroke in the direction of the uh, chi flow in the meridians. Uh, for example, on the inside of the leg, you can stroke from the arch uh, or the bottom of the foot, actually, where kidney one is, and, and up the inside of the leg towards the groin area or towards the knee to get the yin meridians, uh, especially spleen six, because uh, all three yin leg meridians cross there. Or you could stroke down on the outside of the leg where the gallbladder <clears throat> and, the, and the stomach channel are. And um, that will move chi on the outside of the leg or the lateral part. So you could be circumducting and stroking. And, and as far as patching goes, if you use the influential points, like let's say you're going to use gallbladder 34 or even 36, as I mentioned, which is further down the leg. Uh, so gallbladder 36 is seven soon or inches proximal or towards the center of the body from the lateral malleolus or ankle. Then um, uh, you can use um, YH patches on the right and a negative patch on the left, like one of the uh, the TAN energy enhancer or ice wave, or even the SP6 patch on the left, just okay. gallbladder 36. So the most simple one would be energy enhancer with the white on the right and the TAN on the left. And that will help facilitate what we've been talking about by working these points. Is there an advantage to using ice waves instead of energy enhancers to release fascia? I like Ice Wave better because it's designed to more powerfully work through blockages. Okay. Um, it it um, it moves bioelectricity much more powerfully and quicker, like within a few seconds. Whereas it takes the energy enhancer patches maybe a few minutes <laughs> to work. So mm. it's kind of like splitting okay. hairs, but 
the isolated patches have the same frequencies as you know as the energy enhancer patches plus they have a few more frequency sets to break through the blockages quickly right okay so uh i better talk about the appendix Mm-hmm. Uh, because we're running out of time here. So uh, I wasn't planning on spending so much time on the background, but that's okay. It was good information. All right, so um, there's a very special point called the appendix orifice, and it's only on the right leg. There's no bilateral symmetry here, and that's probably yeah. because the appendix is on the right. And as you know, the the appendix is called the vermiform process uh, because it looks like a little worm, and it develops in the embryo from the cecum, which is um, the the area of the large intestine which connects with the um, small intestine. And um, the appendix is in that area, and of course, if it if it gets acute to where there's toxic heat, like an infection there, then that becomes an emergency because if the appendix ruptures, as you know, Dr. Karen, and a lot of people have heard, that can uh, introduce infection to the whole um, lower abdomen area or peritoneal area and infiltrate the fascia, and then we've got big problems on our hands. But in um, in Chinese medicine, we can use the appendix orifice to calm down the toxic heat of an infection or even if it's just an inflammation. And also, not just to deal with acute problems like that, but we can also use the appendix orifice to process and stimulate and regulate lymph and nervous system and endocrine system, especially in conjunction with other points. So this point I'm talking about has a special name. It's called Lan Wei Shui. And you won't find it listed on the stomach channel, even though it is on the stomach channel. But it's it's located right between stomach 36 and stomach 37. So as most people already know, stomach 36 is an easy point to find. It's three inches or soon below the the inferior patellar border on the, the lateral aspect of the, the proximal tibia. In other words, it's below the knee on the side of the leg. So why didn't I just say that, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. People can look up Google, stomach 36 acupuncture point, stomach 37 acupuncture point, and look in between. Right. Or or look yinyonghouse.com and, and on the stomach channel for the points, and you'll find it. <clears throat> so the stomach 36 uh, is a lower hussy point of the stomach channel, which is part of the earth element. And uh, what lower hussy points do is regulate the movement of fluids inside hollow organs or foo organs. So the stomach is a foo organ. 
and so is the large intestine. The large intestine is the yang phase or the foo organ of the metal element. And um, it clears the large intestine and regulates the flow in the large intestine. So we have the appendix orifice right in between the lower hussy points of the stomach and the large intestine. Uh, so stomach 30, it's between stomach 36 and stomach 37. So to understand the appendix orifice better, I want to take a brief look at what the stomach 36 and 37 do. Uh, stomach 36 does quite a lot of things. It calms shin, it activates the stomach channel, it lowers blockages and clears pain, it revives the yang, and it actually restores consciousness. And it tonifies chi and blood, it decreases damp, and it tonifies the spleen, and it harmonizes the stomach. And it also tonifies dei chi, which is original chi, D-E. Dei chi is original chi. So that means if you're depleted, it can restore chi. So um, it's, it's essential for any stomach food disorder, whether it's deficiency or excess or hot or cold. <clears throat> and um, I'll, I'll just leave it at that because we're short on time. So let, let's go to uh, stomach 37. That's uh, the lower hussy point of, of the large intestine, as I mentioned. And, and that one clears damp heat, and it regulates large in, intestine and the spleen and the stomach, and it transforms damp heat. You get damp heat in a lot of cases when there's toxic heat or infection in the lower jaw or in the colon, and, and that can create diarrhea. And it uh, it clears uh, blockages and decreases pain because of that. Okay, so stomach 37 is three soon or inches below stomach 36. So that makes stomach 37 six inches below the inferior patellar border on the lateral aspect of the tibia and about one soon from the tibial crest lateral to the side and if it's indicated that it's needed it'll be sore or be an ashi point now the appendix orifice is actually too soon or inches distal to stomach 36 so it's <clears throat> it's one soon proximal to stomach 37 or north of stomach 37 assuming north is oh. um superior all right so uh, if if the appendix is getting inflamed or if there's a blockage in the processor of the appendix orifice like it's not functioning as an orifice anymore because of the blockage then this point Lan Wei Shui two inches or soon distal to stomach 36 will be an ashi point or it will be sore. So then we can use this point, Lan Wei Shui, 
uh, also labeled in the Shanghai book as the point M-LE-13 on the right leg only. It, it activates the chi in the blood. It clears heat and toxins from the large intestine. And as you know, Dr. Karen, the large intestine is made up of 80 to 90, it makes up 80 to 90% of the endocrine and immune system because of the brain gut peptides and the, the neural connections and the way the gut works with the brain. And I think most people have heard about brain gut peptides. Well, 89% of the endocrine and immune system is in the large intestine. And so it makes sense that the appendix orifice would be a regulator of the neuroendocrine system. Not the only regulator, but a regulator. So in my clinic, I've observed that it helps people let go. And on the levels of all three, Jing, Qi, and Shen. So if there's constipation or some kind of physical blockage in the large intestine, it can help the Jing function let go. If there's an energetic imbalance in the Qi of the yin and yang, it can rebalance that and help let go there. And it can also help let go of blockages to Shen or metaphysical blockages that connect the Shen with morphic fields outside the body. So uh, that helps with the the lung function of receiving yang chi from the sky to bring us new energy. And it also helps the large intestine let go of old waste blockages and energy that no longer serves us. And and if you view <clears throat> Da Vinci's Vertruvian man, like that, that picture mm-hmm. Da Vinci made in about 1490, of that guy doing jumping jacks that shows mm-hmm. the proportions of the body. Uh, that that was a more realistic depiction of the anatomical position in Chinese medicine where the arms are in the air and the legs are low uh, in contrast to the Western anatomical position where the arms are down at the sides. <clears throat> but the um, Vitruvian man or the arms up in the air represents more the the energetic flow of the body and the positioning of the way the points function. So energy comes in from sky and it's new. That's new energy to re-resonate and old energy is released by large intestine and the appendix orifice can assist in the blockages of that letting go Jing, Qi, and Shen energy. Cool. Yeah. I love that. So, mine, is, mine is not sore, actually, but <laughs> I'm checking it. Well, you're lucky. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> it's not sore. Uh, I do, I, well, I, I do tend to get constipation, um, and it seems like every time I figure out, like, kind of like what I'm supposed to know next or, you know, what God wants me to know, then I poop like great. So 
sometimes I just don't take the time to figure out what it is I'm supposed to be figuring out or doing. <laughs> but it's amazing. It's just, it's just like, you know, if I figure out the answer, boom, I go poop. It's like, wow. Cool. Yeah, because then you could let yeah. go of your old stuff, you know. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I think the, it's like old past, beliefs, you know. Right, right, exactly. So, what can help with that, and with helping relieve blockages of the appendix orifice, is putting the following patches on the right lawn wish way. We can put a glutathione patch on it as an antioxidant. We can put an olivita patch on it to affect the epithalamin in the uh, pineal body. We can put a nirvana patch on it to affect dopamine and endorphins. And we can put a carnosine patch on it to increase repair and rejuvenation of tissue. So I would suggest that in addition to using those patches on the Lanway Shui or the appendix orifice, we also put either energy enhancer or ice wave or a combination of Eon and SP6 patches on bladder 25 bilaterally with the positive patch on the right and the negative patch on the left because bladder 25 is a back shoe point for the large intestine and then we have a really nice triangle between the back shoe point for the large intestine and the appendix orifice that will help the large intestine process and regulate and move lymph and regulate the neuroendocrine system. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, that is pretty cool. Yes, folks, I am writing this down. <laughs> Yeah, that is really neat. Okay, yes, so I got this triangle in my mind. And by the way, I did find a nice picture of Lan Wei Shu. So, uh, folks, you, you'll see where where it's uh, where you can locate that. Awesome. There's even a nice description of it in the Shanghai book. As now, uh, just to clarify, you're not saying to put all the glutathione, alivia, nirvana, no. and carnosine One at a time, depending on, okay. depending on what's indicated. If you want to increase endorphins, use nirvana and the nirvana supplement. If you want to repair tissue, use carnosine. If you want a powerful antioxidant, use glutathione or even eon. Mm-hmm. And if you want to affect the pineal body, use olivita. Now, we're not, nice. as you know, Dr. Karen, we're not just affecting the pineal body, but the hypothalamus affects the limbic brain, which in turn affects the hypothalamus, which in turn affects the pituitary gland, and that's a master gland of all the endocrine hormones. So we are actually reaching out and affecting the <clears throat> neuroendocrine hormone balance through the appendix orifice by putting an olivita patch on it. Got it. Kill. Cool. Yeah. Um, Dr. Dennis, we have a, we have somebody with a question. Okay. You want to field that now? Sure. Okay. So area code starting with seven one seven. Hi. What's your question? Hi. <clears throat> um, just 
just sounds like what everything he's explaining sounds like it's something I could use, but it's sort of a little confusing about. I was just looking up where C36 is and all that, but I guess maybe just knowing what type of patch or if this, what he thinks I could use or I don't really know. What, what's your symptoms? Well, I have um, blockage. I have, well, actually, I, I also was told I have a microbiome issue. I was on your show, I guess, last Monday. But um, mm-hmm. Tina, and I also oh, have hi, um, bloating. I have bloating. I have pain in my knees occasionally, but I have, also have like a lot of bowel issues, and my lower back spine. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, it definitely sounds like yeah anything. stuff that that helps with the large intestine would be really really useful. Yeah, because I also have mucus too a lot of times in my bowel movement. Mm-hmm. So, I'm thinking. Yeah, so uh, Dr. Dennis, what do you think her best points are? Well, I want to make sure you're hydrated first because yeah, hydration I, yeah. increases the efficacy of the patches, but that's the number one line of defense for somebody who is constipated. Uh, if mm-hmm. they uh, drink water, it will usually clear the heat out of the colon and allow movement. I, I do know that I sometimes have issues with the, the drinking of the water, but I even when I do and I really pay attention that I'm getting hydrated, I still seem to have issues. But then at the same time, when I, Dr. Karen, when you just said about how when there's something that you need to learn and then all of a sudden you go to the bathroom after you've learned it, that seems to also be part of the thing too. And I realize it's just something, I'm holding something else back and then finally I go to the bathroom all of a sudden. Yeah, one thing you can do is ask yourself, uh, if I knew what I was supposed to learn, what would it look like? And then uh, drink some electrolyzed water with that because that will uh, help clear the colon better. And um, it will usually show up and help you clear things. And then once your colon is clear, you can receive better through the lungs, through the top of the Tai Chi pole. Okay. Um, but did you say so, electrolyte water? Right. Electrolyte water. Uh, water that's no, okay. electrolyzed. Electrolyzed electrolyte. through electronic plates. Uh, okay. a, an example of that would be uh, either an echo machine or a Kangen machine that that are really good quality machines that electrolyze the water. Oh, okay. Of course, you want it to be filtered first before you send it through the machine, but that's a whole different right. subject. It's a whole different subject, details, but I know. Yeah. Yeah, if you want details of that, uh, you could visit our, our clinic on Wednesday and ask questions about it. Because uh, we answer questions during our clinic, depending on who shows up and what kind of questions they have. Yeah, because water, I know, is a big issue. I mean, I, um, just even for me to decide, because where I live, I, the water that we have here is so bad, even to take showers and stuff, that I don't like it. But mm-hmm. that's another another whole issue that I work on. So, okay. Yeah, that's a big issue. Yeah. Great. So, so uh, because you say you're accumulating a lot of damp, I would uh, use spleen nine as one of the points that you okay. stimulate because that drains damp. Okay. And uh, you can and alternate. What patch? Sorry. Well, that's okay. You can you can use um, uh, say a glutathione on your uh, appendix orifice, and then use um, ice wave or a combination of Eon and SP six on bladder twenty five. 
and then uh, you can rotate that that pair on bladder 25 with a pair on uh, spleen 9. So one day spleen 9, the next day bladder 25, so on. Like rotate back and forth. Okay. I'll have to re-listen to get every, all the information, but thank you so much. Uh, I'll write it down for you at the at the bottom of my okay. notes. Okay. Your first you don't want to overdo the patches. <laughs> right, right. Just, just like when you needle, you don't want to use too many needles. The less number of needles you use and the, ne- the less number of patches you use, the more powerful the effect. Thank you. Okay, cool. Great question. Have a great day. You're welcome. You too. Okay. Um, Dr. Dennis, anything else you want to share? Um, That was it in a nutshell. I I skipped over a lot of details, but it probably sounds like I I hit on a lot of details. (laughs) But uh, I think uh, I, I painted a picture in a nutshell of what the appendix orifice can do and how we can get uh, a releasing of fascial restriction by using it. So I think we met our objective. Cool. Now, I said at the very beginning that as I'm doing some uh, divine dousing, muscle testing, and getting answers that uh, there is for each person that's unique to that person, although two people could have similar points, but that there seems to be one point or access point in the body that when stimulated could help to release the fascia. That was my original question. So later in question source, it was something to do with uh, the zero point. So this point would access zero point. Um, And then I thought about your double pyramids and triangles um, and that that would be the center of, you know, the the torsion field. Zero point. Um, Yeah. For people yeah so anyway we're experimenting with that and seeing if that makes a difference in folks with patching so when you set up when you set up or create the zero point energy with the um, the pyramids or the Merkaba as you described then you can connect the zero point energy that's expanding which is actually the field of the heart and connect that with the ashi point on the fascia where you think the blockage is to help clear the blockage with that energy. Okay. You had actually mentioned uh, your Dubla, Dubla, Tesla, <laughs> you know, protocol right. where you put one eon in the center of your heart and then the other eon would be in whatever part of the body you want to affect. Uh, That's right. To get to that so if you want to re- reinforce what I just said about zero-point energy, you could actually use the same frequency like an eon patch at the center of the Merkaba or the, the focus of the pyramids where the zero-point mm-hmm. energy is emanating from, and then put the other eon patch on the ashi point on the body where you think the fascial blockage is. Mm, okay. And then use your intent, once that zero-point energy is set up, to send the field of the heart energy of healing and unconditional love to the... Uh, blocked area to clear the blockage. Okay. Well, sometimes in some people's bodies, it's like hard to know, like, (laughs) you know, like it's like, well, you know, this sort of hurts and that sort of hurts and whatever. So uh, we have to pick and choose what that second point is going to be for that day. 
Yeah, that reminds me when I was doing a clinic in five element medicine, I tried all kinds of combinations with this woman that had a Shen disturbance. And there's one time I hit on one point that worked better than anything else. And there was a wave of clearing of blockages all over her body. And she was just perfect at that moment. Wow. Well, there you go. (laughs) Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah, fascinating. So I'm going to keep experimenting on this. So that's this has been great, Dr. Dennis. Thank you so much again for your uh, knowledge and wisdom and Chinese medicine. I always learn a lot here. Thanks, everyone, as well, for listening in and asking your questions. Uh, sorry about the Internet uh, you know, issues on the chat room. Uh, we lost the folks there. But uh, uh, next month, uh, the first Monday of next month, we would love to hear some suggestions from you as to what you would like Dr. Dennis and I to talk about uh, with regards to Chinese medicine, acupuncture, the patches, things like that on this topic. Um, and you can connect with Dr. Dennis on Facebook uh, or myself, of course, on Facebook or if you're in my group, just let me know. Um, and then I will post at the beginning of this uh, blog post at patchtrainingteam.com. Just click on blog. And um, the title of the article, where all the notes are, uh, is called, There is Liquid Crystal in Your Body, Why the Appendix and Fascia Are Important. Um, And there we have Dr. Dennis's um, Zoom link uh, for you to join him if you're joining him virtually uh, every Wednesday. And there's also uh, the new flyer there, which will give you information on how to contact Dr. Dennis if you're in Orange County or in L.A. and you want to come visit him and his wonderful sister, Heidi. All right. Thank yes, you thank so you. much. Thank you, Dr. Dennis. You bet. I'm, I'm delighted to, to discuss this with you every every week. It's just awesome. makes my day. And uh, I extend the invitation to everybody who's listening to visit our free community clinic on Wednesdays. And as Dr. Karen described, the link is on her website. All right. Take care, everyone. Thanks, Dr. Dennis. Bye. Until next time. You bet, Karen. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Dr. Karen.